I don't think there's enough out out here in the music industry or the electronic music industry that focuses on giving back or talk about like causes and issues that matter. And the reason why I chose this as well, aside from being in love with the festivals and the music and the scene, is DJs, unlike Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish, you don't really know how they look like. So you know them because of their track, but they actually have so much power and influence that isn't like super all over the media. I want to create something where I create a media platform where I get to interview these DJs, but beyond them as artists, like them as human beings, them about depression, breast cancer, like whatever cause is close to their hearts. And maybe I can do some sort of partnership with them. Like, and that was it. That was the only, that was like the vision. Welcome to the Blood Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and please enjoy the show. And I want you to talk about that real quick because um, I see that all the time where people are like, oh, I want to help people, but then they don't chase money. And then there's people that chase a bunch of money and then they don't want to help people. How did you find that happy medium? Because if you have a bad relationship with money, you're never going to have money. Bottom mm-hmm. line. You could want to help the world, but if you're the, the greatest way to help people is to not be po- one of the people that need help yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you ain't helping nobody <laughs> if you need help, right? Yeah. So talk about how you found that medium because I, I agree with you 100%, but I've never heard anybody explain it like that mm-hmm. because obviously nobody wants to do things. I mean, there's probably people that want to do things just for money, right? But that And that's them. Mm-hmm. But there's people that want to make money, but they also want to have the fulfillment and they also want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So how did you find that medium or how, how did you come to that conclusion or was it a moment? Was it like experiences? How, how did that happen for you? Yeah, so I feel like it's been a continuous journey and I'm still learning every okay. day, but I will say... What happened was like, I went to the other end of the spectrum. I was like, yeah, I'm going to just throw all my money to start this music and charity company. And then literally like we launched like charity merchandise, like collaboration with DJs. I would fly myself because when I was brand new, I didn't know anyone in the music industry. I would like buy my own ticket, fly myself, go to these festivals, network, meet people, share my vision. And they're like, wow, this is so cool. Because I do believe that Neon Owl, is unique, right? It truly merges music and philanthropy. Okay. So I would like insert myself to this, you know, whatever, networking slash festival like, slash hey, event yeah. and share my vision out yes. of my own pocket. So that generated a lot of amazing relationships. Like I I got to, I get to work with some of the biggest festivals and my favorite DJs, which was amazing. And then from that stemmed like open door sessions, right? Like so you've been to that and that's all about developing artists so because i met all these amazing people like record labels festival producers promoters vocalists djs i started connecting them all they're like oh my god you're like the matchmaker and so i was like oh yeah i am and so (laughs) i started creating these events because my passion like even though working with big djs and festivals is great my passion is discovering a new artist or like helping someone that has a vision and they just don't have the connections or the knowledge. So I started hosting open door sessions in person all before COVID. And, you know, luckily I had my coaching business. I still have it, but I'm not working on it as much, but I was working with people on branding, them quitting their jobs and starting their passion projects. So that business was bringing in good money. So you were like consulting people. Yeah. So I never felt like I couldn't spend on my baby and passion project, Neon Owl. Well, there's mm. no there's no limit for your passion, right? <laughs> yeah. So I never felt that. However, I got burnt out because after so many years of doing that and not treating it like a business, and that's that's my realization, right? right? Which is here I am spending, let's say, 10 hours or like 15 hours on my coaching business that brings in a lot of money. And here I am spending like 30, 40 hours on this baby passion project of mine that's all about giving back. Right. Eventually, there's a point when you're like, oh shit, like, and I went through the training, I did the work. I'm like, okay, there's something here. Like, I'm feeling so burnt out. I'm not feeling as much joy from it anymore. Not because I don't love artists, I don't like helping them, Mm. but I'm like, shit, I never treated this like a business. And in order to create more impact, better events, more support for charities, 
I'm going to need the resources to actually grow this business, not just hobby. Right. right. So you were treating it like a hobby and it paid you like a hobby. Yes. Hobbies cost you money. I never put two and two together. Like for the longest time, I was kind of like, but I love this. Like I'm creating this. Uh, the music industry needs this. Like, you know, they're starving artists. And I kept making these stories in my head. Right. Making up these stories in my head. Like you're just thinking, it. thinking like, okay, I left this money to pursue like fulfillment. Yeah. But why can't money be a part of fulfillment, right? Making an of impact, course. making a difference, and making money. Of course. Right? Why did I just treat my coaching business like a lucrative business and mm. this as just like a giving? And as I did all this work, right, this deep like personal development work, I was like, oh, there's a part of this that's A, like money is always an awkward subject. The way I was raised, right? Yeah. Money is mm-hmm. awkward, right? Limit, limiting beliefs. And the second piece is like, it's like a part of it is self-worth. Right. It stems from like needing to be liked. It stems from needing to serve, needing to do p- for people, right? Needing to offer so much value so I can be like liked or needed or wanted. So I better not start charging now. And actually, it took me a long time. And my own friends, my artist friends saying, Elaine, no one's going to think you're a greedy asshole if you start charging for your events that cost you thousands of dollars to put together. I'm like, are you sure? And, yeah. and you're like, running a basic <laughs> nonprofit, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like, and so I think like after doing it for so long, I just realized like, dude, we're never going to make the impact that we want to make like internationally. Mm-hmm. If the business isn't profitable, if you don't start treating it like a business. Right. And that's when I had that shift. That's awesome. Of like, hey, you can be up to big things in the world and help people and prosper at the same time. That doesn't make you evil. That yeah. only gives you more resources yeah. to touch more lives. So you kind of shed the limiting belief. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you said something because uh, I've always heard this from mentors that are very wealthy. They said you will never out earn your self-esteem. Like it doesn't matter how hard you work, how many books you read. If you don't grow yourself, your income's not going to grow. Your income grows at the rate that you do, right? Mm-hmm. So you so you made the transition, right? I know you mentioned Neon Owl a lot. Tell us what is Neon Owl. Tell us about that. Is that the business that that basically you're talking about right now? That is one of one of my multiple. <laughs> yeah. You know, so Neon Owl is it's basically what I quit my job for. Like I knew I wanted, I knew I loved music and okay. music festivals, but I'm not musically talented, so right. I don't play anything. It's like like <laughs> yeah. I DJed once just because all everyone was like, Elaine, you should DJ at the Neon Owl That's stage. Awesome. Yeah. So I did it once, but um, I basically, my brother and I used to go to all these festivals, right? Yeah, like EDM and stuff like, like that. Like EDC and like Coachella Sorry. and yeah. all, all the festivals. And we loved it. And I've always loved music, obviously, but I felt like electronic, so electronic music, music? Mm-hmm. Okay. was the first type of event where it's like, it's so like people embraces each other and yeah. they're unique. They have all these weird colors and outfits on. You can kind of be yourself. Yes. It's like one of the only places you can really, you can be like yes. the biggest weirdo <laughs> and you fit in. Yes. Yeah. So that's very different than my experience from going to other types of concerts right. slash events. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, yeah. um, what if like every day could be like this? And yeah. so around that time, I also realized it was like, at that point, I think it was like a $7 billion industry. Wow. And tickets were expensive, like three, four, five hundred $500 even. And I remember like buying a ticket and then at the bottom it would say, would you like to donate $5? I'm like, bitch, why don't you donate? Yeah. You're making bank. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, you got the money. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I don't think there's enough out out here in the music industry or the electronic music industry that focuses on giving back Mm -hmm. or talk about like causes and issues that matter. And the reason why I chose this as well, aside from being in love with the festivals and the music and the scene is DJs, unlike Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish, you don't really know how they look like. Right. Mm -hmm. So you know them because of their track, but they actually have so much power and influence Mm -hmm. That isn't like super all over the media. Right. They're so the unsung like, heroes, basically. Yeah. So they're also, that makes them a little more accessible too. Right. So I, I kind of, I was I like, I have okay. a lot of friends who are DJs. I grew up in the Bay Area and it was all about house music mm-hmm. in the 90s. Yeah. Right? Most of my friends are DJs. So I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like, I think like I can, I want to create something where I create a media platform 
where I get to interview these DJs, but beyond them as artists, like them as human beings, them about yeah. depression, breast cancer, like whatever yeah. cause is close to their hearts. Mm -hmm. And maybe I can do some sort of partnership with them. Like, and that was it. That was the only, that was like the vision. Like yeah. it started with t-shirts. So my brother and I love this DJ called Andrew Rael. Okay. And we made these shirts. Like it was super like janky. It was like, <laughs> he got this like janky ass printing machine and it said like, Rael family. Yeah. And like, I like was so proud and like, <laughs> I was going to give it to him at like the Fox Theater one time. And I'm so glad I didn't because when we washed it, like all the letters came off. <laughs> so it was super like janky. But yeah. over time, like we made much better shirts and then we were wearing them at different festivals. Yeah. And then like the Rael family grew and everyone would like trade us these like candy, like which is bracelets and stuff yeah. for the shirts. And then so he started like um, commenting and like reaching out to me on social media. He was like, oh my God, so cool. And wow. I was like, and so Ray and I he were like. created a movement. And so I was like, yo, man, let's get this like Andrew Rael. Like he was like our favorite DJ. I was like, let's yeah. get him to partner up with us. What's his so, name again? <laughs> Andrew Rael. Andrew Rael. Okay. He's pretty big. Like he's like, uh, like they call him like Armin's like protege. So um, he's very Armin big. Armin Van Buren? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I love Armin. Yeah. And so like um, we started it just with this idea to create shirts, create community, like create content. Yeah. And so I basically did my first couple interviews. Like I cold called because I'm so used to that, right? I used to knock yeah. on doors for yeah. house painting. Hustler. So I was just like messaging them on Facebook, Instagram, email, like, yo, like, let me do an interview with you. And But here's the purpose of Neon Owl. Our, our motto is dance, give, inspire. Okay. I love that. So instead of, hey, let me interview you, it's like, hey, I want to leverage your story and like your voice to talk about causes that matter, mm -hmm. like give back, like maybe some cool activations, some charity merch, so on and so forth. And so got a lot of crickets, got a lot of no's, but also got a lot of yeses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how I started Neon Owl was just literally like hustling and doing interviews and networking. And over time, So it that evolved. college degree is the one that helped you out, right? <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much goodbye UC Davis and like <laughs> yeah. so thank God you quit UC Davis <laughs> yeah. and went to that painting internship exactly. right and, so, and also the, mo the main important thing is because because you love music and you mm. love helping people and then you just had to figure out how to combine them together yeah. yes so yeah. yes exactly I didn't have like zero talent like in music mm -hmm. but I knew I had the people skills mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so what can I do with my people skills and like my passion to do something and like raise money, raise funds, right, right for stuff. And so I just started there and I did interviews and then eventually it led to us partnering with Andrew Rael and a bunch Your of other, DJ, <laughs> my yeah. favorite DJ. Um, so we're friends now and, you know, working with different festivals for cool activations, charity shows. And from then stemmed Open Door Sessions mm -hmm. because like I mentioned earlier, I am so passionate about being the girl that shows you that song with like three plays, right? Like, and featuring new artists. You want to so, find the, the up and comers. Yeah. Is this the one that I went to in Berkeley? Yes. That's a, okay, yes. got it. So yeah. where we have like demo listening parties, mm -hmm. we right. bring in like artists, like record labels, managers yeah. to like give you feedback on your tracks and really just create community because it's nearly impossible for most artists or even if you're in pr you're like a new promoter mm -hmm. you're like a new company it's rare that you'll get facetime right. or feedback mm -hmm. from like your favorite dj or yeah. a record label yeah. so we try to create that space where people can really come together to the motto for open door sessions is connect create elevate okay yeah so they always say that if you want to be success successful you have to find a problem and then find the solution for it right mm -hmm. so you through your passion through your experience you're like hey there's this big problem here and you found the solution and bam, that's where the business came from. Mm -hmm. It's funny too, because I myself grew up in the electronic music age, but maybe like one generation. <laughs> <laughs> so I was raving when I was 17. That's 26, 27 years ago. Wow. So I remember going, yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Like, right? wow. Yeah, because I'm like, whoa, geez, I was like five, right? Wait, who were you listening like, to? Yeah. But back then it was like, uh, you know, yeah. shit, I don't even remember DJ Dan, mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, yeah. DJ Sneak, yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of the still like the original DJs, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, but I just remember like, they were just awesome. Like we used to go to raves like in Oakland, like the warehouses and stuff yeah. like that. So I know. So that's what eventually became like EDC and these big mm -hmm. ones. Yeah. Right? But I was going to those bootleg raves like yeah. at the Oakland yeah, warehouse. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know all that stuff. And like a lot of my friends growing up were DJs. 
It's funny because I was the only one that didn't DJ. Everyone mm-hmm. else DJed. I loved music. My dad was a singer, but I couldn't sing, right? Yeah. So uh, kind of like very similar to you. So open door sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what where is that going, or, or what's yeah. what's your vision for that? Yeah. So honestly, I created it because I saw the problem, and mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I just want to like be able to create a space where people come together and like and. Honestly, through those events in person, like you went to one, mm-hmm. but we've hosted them in LA as well. Okay. And virtually, of course, through to, due to the pandemic and here in San Francisco and Bay Area. So we've gotten a lot of artists to have their tracks signed to labels. Wow. That's and we awesome. got them booked, right? And just like so many amazing connections, which is what it's all about. And I can't wait till we can have in-person events again. Yeah, um, I want to be there. <laughs> but basically what's what's been happening is like after my break, like literally last year or about a year and a half ago, I just worked myself to the ground with my many businesses and I had to take a break for right. myself. And even then I was like, oh my God, what if I take a break? And people were like, what's happening? You know, and Sergio was like, Elaine, your friends are still going to love you if you take a little break and right. you take a cross country road trip. This Actually, my third one, this time with him wow. and moved to New York again. And so like I took a break and right now what's happening with that is we are building open door sessions virtual, Okay. which will be, uh, that's been the plan for a long time already um, because sometimes we would live stream these in-person events and people like from like Mexico or India yeah. be like, how can I submit my track? I was like, sorry, it's for in-person only. But now we actually get to build a membership a platform where people can attend from all over the world. That's the future, that's, by the way. Yes. Like, and that's where we're headed. Yeah. yeah. So like even in financial and all that, it's everything's going virtual. Like everything's going virtual. Like you said, because just like with this podcast, like if you have it local, like you can only reach like the people mm-hmm. in that city. But if you have a virtual, like you're worldwide now, mm-hmm. like you could reach like, I mean, so uh, a couple questions for you. How do you feel about virtual mm-hmm. and the future of music? And then number two, why don't you create your own, label to sign djs yes so yes i've I've thought of all those things so what i think about virtual is it's great like it's the same thought i have around social media right okay some of my friends hate social media they despise it i'm like dude social media is what allows you to reconnect with your high school elementary school friend social media is what allows for your music right Mm -hmm. to be heard (laughs) like there's so much that social media can do for us but at the same time i understand that it's it also has a lot of neg- negative stuff on it mm-hmm. and i personally am an in-person person so i'm glad we're here doing this podcast Me too. i yeah. don't believe that virtual will match the energy and the connection of and a hug mm-hmm. of a real in-person mm-hmm. open door sessions mm-hmm. however it is the future and it's scalable and it's accessible so that's my feeling on wor- virtual it's like you can't avoid it so you mm-hmm. think it's a combination of both virtual could grow it but then eventually you could funnel the virtual into your into big huge like events like yeah like seminars and yeah. like things like that yeah, yeah. so i think both are important yeah so I mean, this is going to be kind of a weird comparison right <laughs> but you know they say after the pandemic like dj's became like basically models like only fans or something like that you know mm. what i mean so because now dj's the only way they can reach their community is by streaming online right mm-hmm. So have you ever thought of creating something, and that's a horrible analogy, but like an OnlyFans for DJs where they can have their fans sign up monthly and hear them play and have like events like, I mean, uh, to me, that just like is like a genius idea is like, because like, you know, they can they can use like social media or whatever, some platform where they're like, okay, um, you know, this is every month I'm going to release like a new set. Or every every week, I'm going to release a new set. And if you are part of my membership thing, then you get the first. Or it's only for you. No one else is going to hear this, right? Or you get exclusive stuff from whatever. Like, uh, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking out of my butt. But, <laughs> but what if you created something like that? But you own the platform. You own the, 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 the software or whatever. And then use all your connections and all your networks. And you create that. And then through that you have big festivals like you said edc and like all these other ones that come from from neon owl Mm -hmm. or or something like that yeah i believe there are a few other platforms out there similar to that it's like already like a subscription base yes that's what i meant dj joe you know whoever has their like super fans yeah um so right now what i'm creating is more so of like a networking slash educational platform 
but so and the reason why is so my uh, blessing and curse is that I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Therefore, it's it's one thing where it's like my friends like, oh, Lane, if only you stuck to one of your multiple passions, you would like murder it. Like, and I'm like, that's probably true. But I'm passionate about multiple things. And Neon Owl is just one of them. It's one vehicle for me to be able to inspire and touch people. And that is why I don't have a plan to create a platform like that. However, as this grows and as I get more resources to help me with this, I ultimately, I want to be able to be someone that fills in the gaps for all the like missing pieces and like puzzle pieces in the industry. Like I want to have my own record label that truly serves the artists, right? Like I've been asked to manage people before, but I know that managing is a huge task and I have way more like things I'm passionate about to even want to be able to take on an artist or two artists because I know I wouldn't be able to devote the time to them. But ultimately when I have the team and resources, I want to create like a, like let's say PR, right? I want to do the PR. I want to be the manager. I want to do that for the artists with their best interests at heart because I know sometimes there's a lot of messy things that happens in the industry and you love some of it, you hate some of it. So if I'm going to create something, I have to know that I have the resources to truly serve the artists. Yeah. yeah. So a couple of things. So you talked about jack of all trades, master mm-hmm. of one, right? It's always been said that if you ever want to be great at something, you have to focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you have to focus on it and forget about the other ones. Is you focus on that until it becomes great, and then you can. But then there's also another thing. If it's all encompassing one certain thing, like let's just say music, mm-hmm. but it's different parts of it, it's still the same thing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like even if it's music, like you know PR, uh, label, as long as it all revolves around music, it's still one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. You're not really a jack of all trades because you're not doing music, but then doing financial, but then doing this. It's all revolves around one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, like you said, if you don't want to represent them, just focus on the core essence of the music and and the mission is to help them and to represent them. And then you could hire people to be management. You know, I mean, you could hire people to be this, but you're the CEO, you're the head, you're the one that says, okay, this is our vision, this is our purpose, this is how we're going to run it. And then you have all your connections, Mm -hmm. they all trust you already, and they know, you know, we're going to go with you versus ABC record label who doesn't care about us, it's just money, right? But as long as you have the the main purpose, the main goal, then you could just basically hire people around you that are going to do what you don't want to do as long as it stays the same thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. So, okay. So, Neon Owl, and then now, now the Open Door Sessions. Is there anything? I, I know you have other businesses. There was another yeah. one. Um, oh, yeah, there's I have a few others. So, I have my greeting cards company. Yeah. Well, actually, so first backtrack. I have my coaching business. So I've been working with clients for the last like five years, and that's a lot of people in career transition. Okay. They're like, oh my gosh, how do you make the jump? Like, oh, to make the jump, or and or they have their own vision of their neon owl, right? It could be anything. It could be like working with women. It could be like their community. Yeah, exactly. So I've worked with a lot of clients. So these are more so individuals or small businesses. I've done some consulting as well because my background is more so in marketing and business development. So I'm my marketing, my coaching business. And I've done that for about five years now. Yeah, so I have realized that I was leading with so much masculine energy mm-hmm. for so long. And so this was the first time that I was in a relationship that like, I mean, I feel horrible to say this, but <laughs> like I was, it was like the first time I was in a relationship where I really valued it and I wanted to put that like first. Yeah. Like, that was so foreign to me because, mm-hmm. like, I'll always be, like, putting my career first, my travel first, my goals first. But this time, like, as we started dating, and I'd known him for a while. So that kind of helped that we knew yeah, each other's, like, shit. The first, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was, like, I was finding myself, like, uh, wanting to book a trip back to San Francisco, even if it was for a few days between yeah. travels. I was like, what's wrong with you, Elaine? Yeah. And so I just, and I, va- I like that. I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed taking the weekends off. And then I was just like, the, the relationship got serious really fast, but I surrendered to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, 
a resistance that yeah. I would normally feel like. You felt no. that was worth it. <laughs> yeah. I think you valued yourself a lot and you put a lot of hard work and you've been through a lot. So you're like, if anybody's going to get my time, it's going to have to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So I really felt that way. And I also felt like he had this masculine energy uh-huh. that made me feel like safe yeah. and feminine. He it's- was confident, but not like hard too overboard. Yeah. Like someone who's truly confident and masculine doesn't have to show that mm-hmm. they're masculine and confident. Like it they just are. Yeah. So I just I just kind of surrendered to that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like let me make plans with my relationship in mind. Wow. And that was so foreign to me, but like over time he just like, you know, he always like praises me and like how he's inspired by me and my work ethic and everything and he reminds me like how hard I work yeah. mm-hmm. and like that I just get to like enjoy sometimes, you know? And so I found myself like in a total like breakdown about a year, less than a year and a half ago. It was like a year something ago. I was in Argentina and Brazil and it was supposed to be a vacation, yeah. but I found myself working the entire time. I was with one of my best friends, Monica. I was on Zoom calls. I was trying to figure out the next open door sessions. I was onboarding a new coaching client. I was doing all this stuff. And I had spent like probably like five grand on this trip. And I was like, I didn't even show up to this trip, like mentally and emotionally. I was like, you're distracted. What the fuck am I doing? Mm -hmm. And I just, I remember just having like this like moment. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. I quit my job to pursue entrepreneurship and my passions to be like joyful and free and like aligned. And I actually feel quite trapped by my businesses and my goals. And I felt like what came from a place of, you know, Sergio helped me like really see this, even though you don't want to hear from your partner. Sometimes it's like, I've gotten the feedback before, which is like, why are you always trying to like level up, level up, level up, right? It's a very masculine energy. Yeah, It's a high achiever. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love that part of me. But now that I'm also valuing my relationship and practicing I am enough and I am whole, mm-hmm. that's not very I am enough-y, right? Like if I'm like, ah, more, 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 more. Yeah. And I just felt like, are you doing this because you feel like that's what others are expecting of you mm-hmm. to achieve the next level, the next phase? Are you doing this because you're trying to prove your parents wrong because they were like you shouldn't do this keep your job right yeah so why are you doing this is it because it's so aligned with who you are and the life that you want which now includes relationship right it's not just success impact it's success health relationship impact and joy like a word that i also felt was so foreign to me because i did not feel it in my body harmony right yeah exactly and so when i came back i immediately hired a femininity coach because I felt like, you know, even as a coach, coaches need coaches too. Absolutely. And that was an area yeah. I like, I felt like I, I was called towards. Yeah. I mean, what, what would athletes be without coaches? Just exactly. running around the field trying to kill each other, you know? Yeah. And I remember coming back and like talking to Sergio and he was like, I was at that point, I was like really like gunning for launching open door sessions virtual. This is before the pandemic. And ultimately that took a pause because he was like, babe just take a moment. We're about to move to New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're about to take a cross country road trip where we get to go camping and all this stuff. It's like, if you pause for a moment, no one's going to not love you, hate you or leave you. Like yeah. you've created so much that mm-hmm. even if you took a year hiatus, you'll come back and your impact will still be there. And I was like, <sighs> and he was like, I'll love you whether you are, you know, Queen Owl. So that's what they, my neon owl people call me. Queen they call owl. me Queen Owl. I'll love you whether you're Queen Owl, some multi-millionaire coach person, or if you work at Subway. That's and I was love like, right there. I was like, that's oh, beautiful. I work at Subway. Okay, I'm never going to work at Subway, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, so it's like he brought you back to like the present moment in a way because you keep going after these things, which is there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But you also need a breather. Yeah. <laughs> you need some self-care and, you know, stuff yeah. like he that. It made you feel worthy. Yeah. and It made you feel like you were good enough no matter what. Yeah. And it's like, I know I am. And it's like, it's different to hear that, like, from someone that's, like, someone you really love, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, my partner. And so I was like, oh. And usually if someone says, like, he'll be like, 
if you want to do all this charity stuff, like I'll just make all the money and like you can do your charity stuff, right? And usually I'll be like, F you, man, like I'll make my money. Yeah. But, but for the first time, I was like, even though I'll always be working for sure, right, like right. I'm like, I received that. So I actually yes. thought like, let the, it in, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like you give so much, but yeah. it's time to receive as well. Yeah. yeah. And a coach once taught me, they're like, if you're planting all these seeds, mm -hmm. but you're not harvesting your crops, right. AKA mm -hmm. receiving. Yeah. You're fucked. Like, I love that. Because okay. how, 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 are, how are the new crops supposed to like sprout and come out, right? If you're not harvesting, right. if you're about give, 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 and you don't receive, and so that's been like the story of my life and something I've been consciously working on. Mm. And so that brings me to my new businesses, which is every single thing I've built and done has been such a like intense project, like takes so much of my time and effort and energy, literally like blood, sweat and tears, but with a moment of celebration, right? like one minute, You didn't one stop day. to smell the roses. And so I was like, holy shit. So I was like, I was like, moving forward, I'm going to create some short term wins as well and immediate gratification, aka my greeting cards company, right. aka Rodin and Fields. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it balances me out. Okay. Nice. So that, I mean, there's a lot, there's so much in what you just said, <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of me in that too, but I, I feel like, you know, maybe the, the drive and the, the, the need to achieve came from the wrong place i guess but it's not a wrong thing it was just channeled the wrong way and sergio kind of taught you hey you're good enough just you and then you said hey i am but i'm still i'm still a boss lady <laughs> so i'm not gonna get rid of that but yeah. now it's coming from a better place and then also too i think and i could be wrong you correct me but you know, the relationship you had before were not the best. You finally mm -hmm. have a good relationship yeah, and a good person and someone that completes you and makes you better. That's actually my affirmations, whoever my, my partner's going to be, right? <laughs> we make each other better because that's a real, that's the person you're meant to be with. Mm -hmm. Like they make you better. They don't make you worse. Like mm -hmm. you're not like going backwards, you're going forward. So that's amazing. Like I've, the universe is crazy. <sighs> and I bet you were not even expecting it. It just kind of like no. smacked you in the face. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was always it was always <laughs> underneath your nose. And you didn't even realize it, right? Yeah. Also, I, I believe in law of, law of attraction, right? You were doing the things that you love, and then you attracted it mm -hmm. naturally. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's yeah, awesome. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> so now you guys are in New York. What's going on there? Well, I, I sold him on the amazing New York, and then we went into winter, and then COVID. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> but like, as hey. I promise, babe, I promise, it's just amazing. And he did get to experience a little bit of summer, yeah. because even though it was COVID, it was still like New York vibes. People were still out, yeah. and I'm sure it was still the busiest place in the U.S., like, you yeah, know, if you compare. So he did enjoy the, the little taste of summer he had. Um, we're out there, you know, like for the most part, we're working. He flies here a lot. I fly here sometimes. Um, I work out of WeWorks just to switch it up a little yeah, bit because I'm like, I can't work at home the whole time. Yeah, so just get out. doing my thing out there. Yeah. So you're going to do everything that you've already built, but you're going to establish it in New York now. So I'm not attached to a place, but if ever mm -hmm. a place felt like home in the U S it's New York. Okay. Like I always feel like I'm a woman of the world, but New York is like home here in in the u.s so for now new york is where you're yeah. gonna where, where home is gonna be mm -hmm. but your businesses are everywhere mm -hmm. like you don't have to be in new york That's no just i could be in base. bali but bali i believe is closed right now yeah or colombia so, yeah so just uh, just real quick because i i, I want to talk about being a digital nomad because mm -hmm. i had a little I, I had a little dream of doing that for a little while when i yeah. started getting into this whole content creation stuff um just talk about that life. Like, where have you been? I mean, I know it's not everything that's cracked up. I know yeah. it's like exciting, but there's also like some some downs, yeah. you know. Talk a little bit about a digital nomad. Like, how long were you there for? Where have yeah. you been? What were yeah. you doing? So it's amazing in so many ways. Like, I've traveled to a lot of places. I've been to like Costa Rica, Thailand, uh, Bali, Japan, Colombia. It's one of my favorites. Um I heard a lot of good things about Colombia. Yeah. So, like, Colombia, I could totally, like, live and work there. Really? Thailand, I could, like, live and work there. Like, Bali, I could live and work there. Some other places, like, Cuba's ex expensive-ass internet. Like, that's not happening. Um, Argentina was cool. Yeah, so I've been to, like, a good amount of places. 
I would say like um, sometimes it would be for a few weeks. Sometimes it would be for like a couple months. But I will say it looks great on Instagram and all that. But I feel like for like a, a true entrepreneur that has like a busy schedule and is grinding it out, not just like kind of chilling. Yeah. Like some people are fine. Like maybe it's you can like chill. Yeah. But if you're like building something and you need to be on meetings and like Zooms and like you're creating stuff, it's actually kind of stressful unless you live in that place for a long period of time. Okay. Because if you think about it, there's a jet lag. There's a travel time. There's a readjusting time. Mm. There's internet issues. There's like so many yeah. things. Getting to another country and the, the culture yes. and all that. And then you're kind of like tired. Then there's like you get like stomach aches and flu. Like when you go to Bali, your stomach's going to hurt for like a week. So it's like <laughs> oh. there's so many different things and factors that makes it seem way more glamorous than it actually is. So for me, like a high level achiever, someone that likes to be productive you actually kind of feel like shit sometimes when you're doing the digital nomad thing. So if anyone is thinking about doing it, I would say you can do it, find a place with good internet, but stay for longer. Okay, so be like a longer term. Yeah, because you're also going to want to get to know the people, right? You're also going to want to explore. It's not you're just working there. Like the reason why you want to go there is you also want to experience the culture. So I would like only recommend going for longer periods of time. So would you say like Like, six months or more? Yeah, what would you say? Um... I would say like at least like three months in one place. There's like very little setup factor. Then sure, maybe a little yeah. less, like a month. So like like little. But you can't do a week here and a week here and a week here. Like you're oh, barely like yeah. you can't be moving yeah. around. But like oh, yeah. this crap. Oh, here, no. here's my one day of productive work. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. yeah. So so like it has to be like a good workspace, good internet, yeah. very very conducive to no that. tummy aches. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. yeah. I mean, you go to different countries, different food, different water. Obviously, your body's yeah. going to need a. Yeah. So, just, I mean, I have two questions. And maybe, I don't know if Joe has questions, but what's the biggest, greatest lesson you learned from being a digital nomad? And what's the one thing that you just want to warn people about being a, a digital nomad? Ooh. Um, the warning, I would say, is kind of like what I said. It's like, it's really not what Instagram shows is like, oh, here I am at the beach or the jungle with my laptop. It's like your Wi-Fi is down, dude. So that's that's one, I think. And then the greatest like lesson, I would say, it's not so much about being a digital nomad, but it's just like traveling in general. I think I'm so grateful for like having all the experiences I've experienced because it's also very humbling especially when you go to like other places like i've been to like i've never really been fascinated with like europe i've been right but like going to some other countries where people have a lot less than us it's like holy shit like it makes you so grateful for a what you have and in a way it kind of inspires me to create more because i want to give back more so if anything i would just say like really being present uh, and being able to travel is a huge gift. So whether you're a digital nomad or not, like literally like traveling to other countries, especially those that are less fortunate than here is like very eye opening. And those experiences I would like not trade for anything. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Like, even people like in, like you said, Cuba a lot, cause Cuba's mm-hmm. pretty, one of the countries that's kind of been held back a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. And like for something like this going on to Cuba, they're just worrying about food or like Venezuela. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where we're worrying about, oh, we have to stay home and we have to wear a mask to go shopping. Mm-hmm. They're worrying Boo-hoo. about where's my next meal coming <laughs> yeah. from? Or clean water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or Yeah. Because like honestly, when I, this is, I love traveling so much. It's not just for the nice, you know, bougie things that you see, all the nicest things. It's also like when I see kids and people, you know, no slippers. Mm-hmm dirt all over their face and honestly and they're having fun yeah mm-hmm. like you could have no like less things and still have fun and and it's like wow what am i doing in my life here in america i'm taking so many things for granted and mm-hmm. like it inspires me to want to just give back to them too and that's also one of the visions of being the, in the bliss seekers and for us to be able to get back to uh third world countries yeah, that's t- one tell of my goals. about your goal with photography um, so when I, when I visit, uh, different countries and communities, um, you know, when I take my photos, right, I want to have a photo exhibition, um, 
most likely here in America and kind of like have a presentation like, hey guys, this is what's going on in this community and like, you know, have a donation fundraising. I don't know anything about that, but maybe yeah. I can ask you. But basically, <laughs> I want to give them a voice and, and exposure and what's going on in this city, mm-hmm. in this community. Like, hey, guys, they need help. Yeah, yeah. So. that's amazing. Yeah, they, um, yeah. yeah, that's actually amazing. And I'm sure you could figure something out. I actually thought about something similar because there's so many uh, creative artists and like graffiti art. I love graffiti art. So I was actually thinking of creating a collection in the greeting cards company where it's like I featured the artists from like Columbia or wherever yeah, and the awesome. proceeds goes to them. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm put, sure. Yeah, we yeah, can work together because on something. You my thing photos is photos on your green cards. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, my thing is I want to help people with my art. My art is not just for likes. It's not just for like, oh my God, like get an award for like, you know, my, my photos has been in newspapers and stuff like that. But I want to do more where it I can, can actually help like feed people or whatever. And I don't want to just do it in America. I want to do it all over the world. So yeah, yeah. she took yeah. some really awesome pictures in Guatemala of like poor yeah. kids and bartenders. They're like amazing. Uh, I think you guys should do a, a greeting yeah. card collaboration. Collab. Collab. <laughs> yeah. And, and Hatim, our video, he's, he's becoming an amazing photographer. One of his photos went viral on Google. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. He wants yeah. to do documentaries, by the yeah, way. He wants to do documentaries. Yeah. So. And, and when I you talk about travel, like it, it gig, I, I get giggly because I love traveling too. And when I went to Antigua, Guatemala by myself, by myself, it's one of the bravest things I've ever done in my life. And people call me crazy and I yeah. love it yeah. because a lot of people wouldn't do it because they're scared of it. But also, it, like I said, it inspired me. That's where the idea came from. I took a bunch of photos most 99% of the photos I've taken, I've never shown to social media all over really? the world. Because I want to, I want those photos to be on like an exhibition mm-hmm. and like show people like, or hey. Or greeting cards. That's yeah. Or greeting like, cards. <laughs> these kids need help. They yeah. come from low income families. You know what I'm saying? And education is a big thing. So. I, I think that's yeah. a million dollar idea. You guys need to get together and photos and your cards and Every yeah. card that gets purchased goes a uh, percentage goes to donate to those kids and yeah. or what that cause in that country and yeah cards or like artwork artwork like prints, yeah. yeah uh postcards yeah yeah, yeah. it's a uh, limitless mm-hmm. just being creative and resourceful I'm like oh my god yeah, yeah. It so me. so this will evolve eventually to a travel channel and all that stuff so that's why I wanted to ask you about digital uh, nomad and all that because you yeah. already have the experience you know? <laughs> the Wi-Fi yeah. must have yeah. Wi-Fi yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, you know, for me, I just have a little 17 year old dog that I'm basically her caretaker now yeah. and plus COVID and all that. So right now we're kind of grounded, but I'm getting all the travel credit cards. I'm racking up the points like I'm preparing, you know, mm-hmm. and I hope these guys are, too, because once we're able to take off, like the Bliss Seekers will be a travel kind of vlog too mm. so i'll connect you with my other digital nomad yeah, friends. There you go. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so yeah. you can help us with the connection and and i mean everything happens for a reason and so w- what i was thinking for us is we travel and then we podcast about the the experience mm-hmm. travel podcast travel podcast travel podcast and then also then a video uh, a travel vlog comes out of it mm-hmm. and then the documentary comes out of it it and just photos it just, yeah and then yes. we put it all on your greeting cards yeah and, and then we all meet up and have this big house party and <laughs> heck yeah to, 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 to house with my music. dj friends yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah there you go and we'll do our rodent and fields facials yeah there you go right? and everyone gets all facials. encompassing we're all gonna have amazing skin right yeah oh my god yeah, yeah so, so like what if like you live a life every single day you get to create and also help people that's the life that's that's the life for me yeah and that's the goal that that will happen you know what i mean the compound will be there that's where everything we're just i mean the goal is like every day what are we what are we going to create today are we going to go somewhere are we going to help right we're going to help viral philanthropy too you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so awesome um so you know you guys are in new york it's a little it's a little um shut down because of covid but that's just home businesses are still are still going yeah yeah is there anything else you wanted to share with uh with all the listeners anything else you want to talk about real quick before joe we always have this special segment at the Mm -hmm. end where joe asks six powerful questions where it's going to go deep right all right but uh, if you have have anything else to say before we get to that 
Um, I mean, no, we covered a good amount. You know, who knows? Maybe there'll be a part two. Of course, there'll be a part two. <laughs> no, Soju will have a so part much. two yeah. when yeah. his book comes out. I can't wait yeah. to. Yeah, yeah there's a lot, right? There's like so much, like that's embedded in this whole thing, right? Like from past traumas, like masculine femininity, like yeah. entrepreneurship. Like there's so much. So I'm sure there will be a part yeah. two at some point. And, and you're yeah. gonna inspire some people. So they're gonna inspire a lot. You of You already out inspired there. us. Yeah, that oh. are going. Are you kidding me? I, Thank I, you. I I I learned something by the way. Because I'm a high achiever, and then I always find myself like having to want more and why, why, why. Hmm. And I think I find it figured out that I'm trying to achieve so much to prove something, also. Mm-hmm. When I need to kind of take a step back and be like, hey, like you're okay, just even if you don't achieve anything, you're going to, but it's there's there's something powerful and freeing mm-hmm. when you realize that the achievement isn't you, it's just part of like your efforts that you're already successful just being you yeah. and that's just like that's just an icing on the cake so because you said that i i will share one thing before she goes into the questions and that is uh through all the work i've done i've found that i value freedom so much right freedom success and growth so those are my top three words or were but i realized where does that come from my value for freedom and success and growth comes from like fear of sta- like standing still, like fear of being insignificant, fear of being invisible. But a lot of those like motivations actually stem from like pain. So I'm like rewiring myself. It's like, why do I value freedom? Does that imply that I'm not free? Am I trying to break free? Like what is still following me that I need to value freedom and success so much? Is it because I'm going to be unworthy? I'm going to be, I'm going to amount to nothing if I don't create something world changing and so significant that like blows everyone out of the water. And so in a way it's like, because I keep chasing those things, I'll never be free, right? I'll never be successful because my standards are so high for myself. And so it's like, it's a journey, right? So it's like, okay, what else do I value? That's not so unobtainable, right? Because there's certain like, uh, rules to me being successful and free. Like I have to be successful. My parents have to think I'm successful. My partner does. Everyone, ah, yeah. so there's all these things that makes it impossible. So I've just really refoc, like I'm refocusing and rewiring myself to value things that I already am, like courage, right? Courageous, and like growth is always going to be a thing, right? Because I'm always looking to grow. But if I really stem from like contribution and love then I'm sure freedom and success and all these adventures and things is going to be a byproduct of that. So I'm really doing my best to like practice a different way of looking at things. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. It's like you're changing your vibration. (laughs) You're just changing the perception. Yeah. 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 It's not easy for the masculine energy, (laughs) but I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah. Also like, thank you guys for sharing that because I'm also the same way. I'm like, I felt like, because, you know, my my parents, only my mom recently told me that she's proud of me. Mm. Maybe because like, oh, yeah, I got a YouTube thing. Mm -hmm. Watch it, whatever. But there's so many things, right? And like, always want to do something going after, after something, something. It's like never enough. Like, I had to literally learn to tell myself, like, I am enough. Mm -hmm. What I did for today was enough. Chill. You have Mm -hmm. tomorrow. You're going to do all these things because I'm always chasing after something all the time. I had to learn because I'm pretty ambitious too. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to learn, like, that's going to happen. But right now, you need to go to sleep. (laughs) Get some good sleep. Stop thinking about it. Write it down and then continue tomorrow. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that's important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Thank just you. be grateful for the moment. Exactly. Just, yo, nothing like, is wrong with this moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's, sure. a, it's a tough thing, but I think it's mm. important. It's also ingrained in our subconscious yeah. too. It comes from pain, like you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't. This is not about me, but I could share lots of painful experiences from mm-hmm. young, like always having to never be accepted like Mm -hmm. you know my friends are like oh we're gonna pick you up and then they never showed up and i'm left there Mm -hmm. like friendless and like Mm -hmm. just all these things i had to overcome as a kid bullied to then eventually becoming the cool kid and like you said i would always protect the kids that were bullied Mm -hmm. because i remember when i was that kid i'd be like leave them alone like and then like what i'm like just leave them alone you know Mm -hmm. they didn't understand you know what i mean but i've been on both ends of the spectrum so yeah i can relate a lot to that but in the end, it's not what happens to you that matters. It's 
it's it's overcoming it. It's 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 who you become. Like yeah. I always tell people, it's not your parents' job is to make. I mean, really, they're they're the worst case scenario is for them to make you like to be able to survive and function as a normal human being. Nobody's perfect. The rest is up to us. If 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 we got screwed up from some mistakes that some people made, okay, we're adults now. It's our job to like learn and fix it and grow and become better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stop playing the victim, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. right? find out what it is, fix it, and then move forward. And then they always say, don't give your kids things you didn't have. Teach them things you didn't te- that you were never taught. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like for the next generation, it's okay. I'm going to teach them the things that I was never taught that will help mm-hmm. them in life. But thank you. We yeah. really appreciate all that. But now yeah. we have the world famous <laughs> Joe <laughs> Six Q's. Uh, she's going to go deep and, yeah, and ask us some really so awesome questions. questions but <laughs> I'm going to narrow it down to six. I mean, it can um, be more than six. But I know. Joe's powerful cues. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's go with the first one. What's your number one wish for the world? My number one wish for the world is one where we get to live as our authentic selves, do the things we're passionate about while creating an impact. It's beautiful. Yeah. You. Did you, did, by the way, did you watch Sergio, Sergio's six questions? I watched the whole thing, but because it was two hours, I don't remember which the six questions were. (laughs) So I did not prep for this. Sorry, we have part one and part two. (laughs) No worries, no worries. Yeah, because I asked him the same question, and he said oneness. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yes. You guys are very in tune. It's so simple, but so profound. Anyway, it gave me chills. Um, What one advice would you give to your family? Like, your whole family. General advice. Yeah, yeah so, so I guess my, for my, oh, never been asked this one. So I guess one piece of general advice I would share is it's okay to be open and vulnerable. Um, and it's okay to show your love because ultimately that's like a not weakness. And if anything, like we all die, like wishing we could have spent more time or said more to the people that we love. So I guess if there was one thing I wanted, it would be for us to all be more open, vulnerable, and express like how it is that we feel, whether that's pain or love or gratitude. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. It's beautiful. A, A lot, lot of people, people need to yeah. hear that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for it. No, no seriously. Especially in the Asian community, we don't, yeah, like I said, yeah. we don't express emotions. I don't A lot know. of communities, not mm-hmm. just Asian, Hispanic okay. too. Oh, well, yeah. Well, so yeah. my family at least. I'm not going to generalize any other family. Um, okay, so what advice would you give someone who is afraid to come out to their family? In general? In general. In general, yeah. okay. Because you did, yeah. you had to come out. like right. So I will say uh, the longer you wait, the harder it is, especially on yourself. Um, so I can relate to that on so many levels because I literally lied since I was a child to protect myself like from physical harm and then I lied because I wanted to rebel but I still wanted to be like look okay sort of at home so that never really worked out very well and then I lied to not let them down right so at the end of the day it's like lying or not coming out is a only going to like deteriorate who who you are inside and there's something about speaking the truth that really solidifies your core confidence, right? There's like external confidence and all this stuff. There's like pretending, but when you have nothing to hide and you are just like, you're unshakable. And I say this because it took me so long to come out with the truth to like my family about everything, the things that's happened to me, the things I've been through, me paying for my own school because I got kicked out. And it's just so freeing to actually come out with the truth. And oftentimes... We think that we lie. We justify our lies or our not coming out to not hurting the other person. But you really get to ask yourself, are you protecting yourself? Are you afraid to do something? Or is it really because you think it's going to tear your family apart? And it's funny because when people ask like, hey, like, do you think you can handle the truth? And, you know, the person will say, of course I can. Oh, okay. So why don't you think the other person can handle the truth? So we put this like, like this making it about you yeah you know and so i would say the sooner you come out the sooner you and others are free Mm, i love that that's powerful that's powerful okay um gotta ask that one 
Um, so let's say, okay. Let's say you had 48 hours to live. What is the first and the last thing you would do? Ooh, okay. So I think uh, 48 hours, that's interesting. Okay, so the first day, I think I would um, see what type of like impact I can create. So whatever it is that I've created already, the people that can help me make a difference in this world, I'll probably do like the, the logistical things to make sure that like Neon Owl or whatever charity work or my businesses can like go on and continue to create impact. The second day, I'll definitely like spend it with the people that I love. And if I have like some really fast jet that can like take me to all the places, <laughs> I don't know how much can I fit in 24 hours. So basically it's, to do whatever I can to continue to spread the impact. And then, of course, spend my last day with the people that I love. That's like yeah. the number one answer. Is the last day. It's yeah. always spend it with the people I love. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just don't sleep, I guess. <laughs> you to and get up on a jet. You're dead. You'll be dead yeah. before you Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, okay. We got this one. Okay, let's say at the end of your life, what would you be the most proud of? Something that you've done or like yeah. just being yourself? Um, so at the end of my life, I think what I will be most proud of is always being true. That's like going after what it is that I want, like not like giving into what's expected of me and like really choosing my own path. And that includes choosing the people that I'm in relationship with. And that's also choosing my partner. And it's like standing up for what I believe is right. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always said like, if I make a decision and it's my decision, even if it's a bad decision, it's my decision. Mm -hmm. So it's better than... Someone else's. Yeah, someone else's <laughs> decision. Like, I mean, if I screw up, at least I made the choice and not somebody else made it for me. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is one thing you would change about yourself? I don't think there's anything I would change about myself. Um, there's things I'm working on. There's things I'm working on, like really like what I shared earlier, right? Like truly figuring out what like gets in my way. Is it because my motivation stem from a place of like scarcity, pain, hurt, right? Like, so do my motivations come from fear or do they come from possibilities? Because I feel like when it comes from like fear instead of courage, right? Because like when you're courageous, there could be fear, but you're not letting that fear drive you, like run your life, right? So if anything, it's to consistently realign and grow to where I can truly like live life to the fullest and to my fullest potential, but not coming from a place of like ego you know but really coming from a place of service and what's true to me so I'm always I guess I don't want to say improving because it's like oh improving but I'm always like learning and I'm always growing yeah yeah I I honestly feel like you are so aligned with yourself and your heart and there's just a lot of things that you know you've learned in your child or whatever that you need to unlearn Mm -hmm. Um, yes but (laughs) you're definitely more aligned than a lot of people <laughs> in this world too because you're doing the things that you love as well. So thank you for thank being you. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a journey. Yeah. It's still it's been a journey. journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still a journey. Yeah. We're always evolving too, which I think that's what, what's fun about life. You're always discovering. You're always evolving. You're always learning, unlearning, whatever. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's all yeah. an adventure, you know? They say if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's not one or the other. Like, yes. you just, you're either growing or you're dying. Well, wow. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let, let them know where they could find you. Like, this is your opportunity to let everybody know what you, what's, what you got going on. Yeah. So, whoa. That's like a lot of websites and social <laughs> stuff. We'll, but we'll I will put it in say, the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah put it in the description. It. But for in general, you can find me at uh, elainehuang.co. So, Elaine, E-L-A-I-N-E. H-U-A-N-G dot C-O. Uh, if you want to learn more about Neon Owl, it's neonowl.co. Uh, and then liberationculture.co is my uh, greeting cards company. All and then right? Rodent and Fields is the only not dot co, so you can link it below. But for the most part, I'm really active on social media. So my handle is It's Elaine's World 
on Instagram. And then you can also find me, Elaine Huang. It's Elaine's World on Facebook as well. So I'm very active on socials. And then you can find me on my website. Awesome. Yeah. What do they call you? The Queen Owl? or Oh, Queen Owl is what my Neon Owl people call uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, definitely thank you again so much. Like, I'm very glad we got to have you. We heard so much about you and all of it's 100% true in a good way, right? And I know you have so much more to share, but you're a special person and I'm glad... I met both you and Sergio because mm-hmm. you guys are special together. Aww. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And, um, you know, if you guys like the podcast, please make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Share. Uh, yeah, please share. Sh- share the video with somebody. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we're going to bring in amazing people like Elaine. And, and uh, yeah, again, thank you so much. I really, we really all yeah. enjoyed having you here. Honestly, it's such an honor. And like, I feel like every single guest that we have, it's so inspiring. And we just can't wait to share it with the world. And um, I just want to give a shout out to uh, DJ Miki Taka. She's the one who introduced oh, me to Elaine <laughs> and Sergio at uh, Open Door Sessions in Berkeley 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll text, I'll send her a text like, Hey, Elaine was here. So <laughs> be on the lookout for that. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank yeah. you guys so much for having me on. It's been amazing. It's been so fun to talk to you guys and any way I can support and collaborate, like happy to do so. Well, thank yeah, you. for sure. Thank and again, you. we're going to have 250 million subscribers and we're going to be the number one podcast in the world because we have amazing people like Elaine mm-hmm. sharing their story and we're going to make a huge impact. So thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, follow, follow your, your bliss. bliss. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Make sure you share this with three of your friends. And if you like our song, our intro song, please check out my good friend, uh, Maroni Silva's band, A Dead Desire, on YouTube. That song is called The Mantra. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. And as always, follow your bliss. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Make sure you share this with three of your friends. And if you like our song, our intro song, please check out my good friend, uh, Maroni Silva's band, A Dead Desire, on YouTube. That song is called The Mantra. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. And as always, follow your bliss.